0: Welcome to episode 49 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we discuss the themes of well-being, sustainability, and social impact in real estate today. I'm your host, Matt Morley of Biophilico Healthy Buildings, and in this episode, I'm in London, my hometown, talking to Brian D'Souza, aka DJ Auntie Flo, also the founder of Open Ear Music for Business and the newly launched Swell Sound Wellness Concept. Brian and I discuss sound therapies, mental health benefits, we look at how music can be a window into our soul, urban noise levels and the role of nature sounds or biophilic sounds as we're calling them in helping to restore a sense of calm amidst the chaos, how he creates sonic identities for hotels, restaurants and even gyms, deep or active listening versus a passive listening, and how to create the sonic experience of forest bathing, as he does now with Swell. Brian is a bit of a dude. He's erudite, dynamic, and just the kind of guy you want on your team for a musical adventure come Saturday night, I suspect. Check out openearmusic.com to see what he's up to. Here he is, Mr. Brian D'Souza. Brian, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Sound therapy is this... On one sense, a hot topic, but it's also something that I think there's an element of mystique around it. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on how music can affect us and our senses and how you see that.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's great to join you in the podcast. Um, I think you've you've touched on two things there. You mentioned music and you mentioned sound therapy. Um, You know, since as early as I can remember, I've been a fan of music, you know, innately. I know, and I think most of us know, probably all of us know that, you know, music can affect us in, in many different ways. And we've probably all had music as a soundtrack to our lives, you know, across different, uh, uh, you know, uh, life moments um, from, from our earliest memories, you know, to, to, to kind of current days. So we all kind of, in essence, are expert listeners. So we're listening to music. We, you know, our worlds are filled with music, you know, whether we, we're choosing it or not. We're always uh, receiving music, our ears are open, you know, to that, that music uh, and that sound. Um, and, you know, we're, we're all DJs in a sense where we can select music, you know, for our dinner party or for our gym session or whatever. Um, and and uh, with the new technologies that exist, we have greater access to all forms of music than we've ever had before. So music is at our fingertips. We innately know how to curate that music for different activities we have and, and we're, we're playing music throughout our lives. So it's a massive, massive part. When it comes to sound therapy and its effects, um, for me, it was just trying to unpick, you know, what music is. You know, the building blocks towards a song and how, you know, that song or those frequencies in essence would affect you know, our brain and body in different ways, and sound therapy was 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 for me. It was an exercise in trying to kind of discover a little bit more. You know, the inner workings of 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 a song. Um, the way that sound therapy works is um, using particular instruments, typically known as healing instruments, and you you know the type. It's the, the gong and the singing bowl and things. Uh, it doesn't have to be those instruments, but those seem to be you know the most effective in terms of triggering a. A state of mind within within the listener who, in effect, receives those sounds. You know, in an environment um, normally lying down um, and um, going through a certain you know amount of rituals to get into a place where they're um, susceptible to receiving those sort of sounds. But in effect, what what it's doing is it's triggering you know different emotions, different brainwave states, um, different elements of the nervous system. Um, to put people, hopefully, in a place of relaxation where they can experience a bit more mental clarity, um, a bit calm, uh, and an objective perspective on 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 life, um, and 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 you know, away from I guess the stresses of their to do list that they might have to do on 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 that day. So it's a fascinating way of just being able to bring people out of you know, the, the the present moment and put them into a space, a safe space where they can kind of um, delve deeper into, you know, different, I guess, realms of consciousness, which I find really fascinating.
0: Um. If we introduce, you've made a, an important distinction there between sound as a concept and music There's an element there of a clearly a differentiation between the two, which introduces the idea of perhaps sounds of nature that are in some ways um, yeah, the baseline from our from an evolutionary perspective, we were surrounded by that as we as we evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. So, how do you see that relationship between, let's say, a connection to nature and our mood and our, our state of mind, perhaps even how our brain functions, cognitive performance or memory?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think evolutionary, um, the evolutionary perspective is is important here. Um you, you know, from from the earliest forms of man, we had music, um, you know, mankind created, created music, you know, music perhaps predates language. I think that's the first thing. It's, um, you know, we're listening to music before we're even born in the womb. You know, we're hearing rhythm of our mother's heartbeat. We're hearing the, the musicality of our mother's speech. So inherently, we're open as human beings to receiving music and to understanding kind of music and musicality um, within within speech and and you know when we're born we immediately are are immersed in a world of sound um, from an evolutionary perspective in terms of the natural environment um, I think when you're talking about bird song, you know if the birds are singing I think there's a representation of of safety um, you know they're singing and all things being well if if they stop singing um, you know perhaps there's a predator lurking around the corner. Um, alternatively they, they might change you know their, their types of calls to uh warn other uh birds of their species about a predator or danger or whatever so it really just starts to activate you know the sympathetic nervous system it's fight or flight um and you know that's that's something that has is, is been with us um you know since since the earliest days of, of, of the universe so it's uh it's super intrinsic to who we are as people, and I think the natural environment is something that, um, that, you know, innately we 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 feel an attachment to. You know, and I think that one thing that's going kind to of come to bear, I guess, post-industrial revolution is the amount of noise that we as human beings have kind of created, which takes us away from that natural environment and into this, you know, this 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 noisy urban environment that we that we often live in in cities. And we lose a little bit of like the beauty and the essence of, of nature and that is potentially problematic.
0: So you've introduced the third concept there around noise, which I think has an inherently negative uh, connotation. And if we bring it back to to neutral, at least within that sort of perspective of our Evolutionary past, then you get to something close to what you're trying to do with the ambient flow project, it seems, at least on the birdsong side. So, talk to us a little bit about that. It's a 24 7 music, online radio, but there's an angle there around mental health. So, describe that project for us. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm is a radio.
1: It's, it, it began life as a as a live stream, a, 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 a DJ set that I set up in my garden. It was the, the earliest days of lockdown. If you remember, you know, the, I remember, you know, where I was in London. The, the sun was shining. You know, we were entering into territory unknown. Um, I think there was a lot of people, myself included, that were quite stressed at what the outcomes might be obviously there was this real risk and danger to our health in terms of the 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 COVID-19 um, and a lot of people in my community, uh, DJs and musicians, were starting to do live streams and they were trying to like bring you know the club or the live experience into into the home by doing streams, internet sets and to me that felt really kind of alien because for me as a DJ I need to perform to a crowd and be there in a room with with people and it's the interaction between myself and picking the tunes and the people and dancing and responding to those tunes that really mean that it makes some sort of sense um doing that on a on a live stream on an internet broadcast didn't necessarily make sense so what I decided to do instead was was set up a live stream playing just ambient music where people could in essence receive the music you know uh, we did it I did it in a, you know, earlier on a Saturday morning, you know, so people were in essence just waking up. And with my very rudimentary kind of techni- technical setup, um, I had a couple of different ways of broadcasting. Um, and one of those was an Instagram Live, and that was just literally from my phone. And what would happen is, and it was an inadvertent thing, it was um, the, the, my phone would, on Instagram Live, would pick up the sounds of birdsong from my garden. And all of a sudden, the combination of music and birdsong was 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 the experience, the sonic experience that people were listening to. And actually, I get so many comments from listeners saying, "This is so brilliant! Like, love the music, but actually, really drawn to the, the birdsong and the natural environment." It made me think, I'm very privileged to have a garden in London and to be able to listen to birdsong as as frequently as as you know as as I can do something I just suddenly started to pay much more attention to. It was like it just sounded so loud. And actually there was some studies done around like, you know, the way that the pandemic affected the noise levels in the cities and actually noise levels dropped because there was less traffic sound. The birdsong, although it didn't actually get louder, the birds weren't actually singing louder. The perception, it, it did sound louder to us um, because there was just like this this reduction in, in the ambient traffic noise and other kind of noises that we were so used to hearing. Um, but anyway, the, the the main takeaway was that the birdsong and, and you know the natural sounds were were such a, a, a you know precious kind of feature for all the listenership. So when I eventually turned it into a radio station, I said, well, we need to try and recreate this. So on the radio with Ambient Flow, um, you have two channels: you have the music channel and you have the birdsong field field recording channel and it's your choice you know you can you can just listen to music you just listen to birdsong and you can blend blend the two which i think is a a nice touch and again we've now been running the station for a year and a half and continually gets great feedback from people going back to your point around you know the health aspects of this um you know obviously music is a personal choice and ambient music isn't for everyone. Um, We mentioned and touched on, 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 on the sort of noise paradigm. And obviously, you know, one, one man's music is another man's noise. So it's a very much a subjective thing. Um, For me, I wanted to put together a selection of songs um, that really helped me kind of like lower my stress levels and feel calm and give myself the sort of safe space in amongst this, you know, terrible situation that the planet was having to endure. That you know, the health crisis and everything, and just you know, use this this moment to sort of take myself out of that and be able to immerse myself in in, in these sort of sounds. And I guess at the same time. I was studying sound therapy, and I was training in that. And I was I was kind of like leaning on a lot of the kind of learnings in terms of how sound can trigger, you know, different mood states. You know, bring yourself to that sense of kind of relaxation. And I thought, well, this music is, in, in my opinion, perfect for that. And and it seems like the listenership agreed. So um, um, yeah, there there was there was an element of health. I mean, even just had someone message yesterday to say you know they had a, a bike a motorcycle accident and ambient flow was something they had on every day and and it really helped get them through you know the recovery process for that most mm-hmm. my, i said. so these kind of comments from listeners are, are are really amazing yeah i
0: had it on i had it on for an hour or so yesterday and uh Definitely, once I figured out that I could have both tracks playing at the same time, so that the ambient stuff and the background and the bird song it was like, oh, okay, now that took it to the next level. So, ambientflowflo.com to check that out. So, you mentioned ambient music, which I think is, you know, it's very, it may or may not appeal to everyone, but it has a very calming effect. There's that immediate sense of it just bringing things down and encouraging a sense of of rest and and relaxation, but it is clearly distinct from Muzak, which is just the poor quality background noise that we often end up hearing in commercial spaces. So your open ear project is, is all about counterbalancing that and taking a more conscious approach to the music that is associated with brands, particularly in physical spaces. So when you're thinking about creating like an acoustic identity or filling a space with sounds and presumably music primarily that connects with that brand, how you, how do you go about that process? I mean, I saw that you worked with say the frame fitness studios in London, for example. So how do you, is it about their values and their mission or is it, is it just, well, what's the vibe Like what's the personality of the brand? And then you sort of like sort of just spin off that for a few hours.
1: Yeah, in a sense, yes, it's trying to tell their story um, through a, a selection of songs. In essence, every song is, is a piece of communication. In essence, and it says it'll say a different thing, and that could be not just the lyrical content; it could be just like sonically how it sounds. You know, the rhythm, the tempo, etc., like the key signature, whatever. So, a piece of music is a fantastic thing. It's it, it's 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 got so much, it's packed with so much information. Um, and that means that, in actual fact, it it's, it can be quite complicated to think about, you know, what a song could mean to, you know, a listenership. And then when you take that song and put it in a context and that could be a, a brand space like Frame Gyms or, or wherever, then you have that additional layer where there's a certain expectation for the customer in terms of functionally what that space is set up to do: if it's a gym space, if it's a restaurant, if it's a bar, and then also their perception of of that brand you know what type of of brand are they you know what type of brand personality do they have you know does that does the music match up to that and you mentioned music before and I guess OpenEar has now been running for almost 15 years and you know the quality of musical choices in businesses because remember pretty much every business plays music um the quality has got a lot better over the last 15 years I think because people are Slowly understanding, like the music they play, is having an impact and can be a brand positive thing, and can be positive for customer experience, and that's going to be a win-win for everyone involved. It wasn't the case 15 years ago, and it's interesting to track that. And obviously, Muzak as a corporation, as 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 a as a as a thing, goes back, you know, right to the the, the earliest form, the earliest days of recorded music. It's been around for a long time. Music was interesting because conceptually, it was designed around. Um, increasing productivity in, in uh in factory spaces and this was around the wartime and they would they took quite a scientific approach with it the music that they played it was a thing called stimulus progression so they didn't play music all throughout the day they only played it in short sharp bursts at different times throughout the day and that was really just as a motivational thing for the workforce to be able to like bring a bit of more energy, bring them back, you know, when when their kind of concentration levels kind of dwindled or whatever. And so therefore, like there was this kind of inherent understanding that music had this sort of functional purpose and benefit. Unfortunately, what then it became was this kind of like elevator, literally kind of like wishy-washy pastiche of what, you know, music can be. And I think when Open Ear started and certainly our mission today is to say, well, music is beautiful. We, we're we filling our spaces um, with music. It's having an impact. And again, it goes back to this paradigm of, you know, is one man's music is another man's noise. Um, let's get it right. Let's If you get it right, it's going to be a positive. It's going to be a positive for the business. It's also going to be a positive for the customers and they're going to appreciate that. And now uh, we touched on a little bit, you know, the, you know, accessibility of music well that's actually meant for the general kind of public and the way that they listen is they're much more uh, open-minded you know to all forms of music to a lot more uh, a rich and diverse array of music so actually that gives brands and branded spaces a a much more uh, a bigger chance to become creative with the music selections you know 15 years ago it was the charts and the classics and not much else outside of that now you can really get into like the long tail of like all the independent quite left field experimental releases and really start to kind of tell this the story through the selection of songs functional yes but also like beautiful and um inspiring at the same time
0: let's let me dig into that because i think you're absolutely right what's happened is there's been in a sense democratization of of music via these platforms such as spotify and suddenly we're all able to yeah. dive in and out of uh, country rock and, and afro latino beats and wherever else we want to go in the space of, of an hour right so in in one sense it's all too easy for a brand just to say well okay we're going to follow these playlists and and that's more or less our mood and spotify will just keep spinning off that concept more or less and then you know we're good we've got our, we've got our soundscape and I think all too often we see that still where it's it's an improvement for sure uh, but it's still not there's not quite enough. Uh, effort being made and therefore you know there's it can still go wrong so I think that leads you into the idea of more conscious listening right because there are spaces where it's clearly background music if it's so for example a co-working space you don't want it to dominate if it's a retail space you don't want it to dominate when you're in a in a fitness environment like a gym it's a really central part i mean do you think of uh, spinning studios for example i mean it's like one of the main levers that they have to do it but then in a sense like the ultimate peak of that then is is this space where you're able to engage people in in a conscious listening experience right and so how do you have, with the latest project with Swell and the idea of a biophilic multi sensory experience, how have you integrated what we discussed previously about nature sounds and that idea of really engaging with the music? And what has that become in terms of this new brand that you've spun off from, from Open Ear?
1: Yeah, so so Swell is a sister brand to, to Open Ear, as we've just launched it, as you mentioned. Um, I think Open Ear, just back to the point around. Functional sound. I mean, yes, we we fully understand that. You know, music for most people in the spaces that we work with—gyms, restaurants, bars, shops, etc.—it's periphery to you know the main activity. So yes, it has to be right, but you're not necessarily listening to it consciously. It might be, and this is you know, we do have lots of examples of this where one track, you know, perks your attention and you really want to know what that is, and that's a great thing for music discovery. But you know, most of the time you're going to be just passively receiving the music. And you know, you'll know when it's not right. I mean, that is the thing. You know, if it doesn't feel right, you you will know and and, and you might, you know, um uh, take action by leaving that space and tons of examples of that. But but in essence, if it's if it's if it fits the surroundings and it, it makes some sort of sense, then you know that's gonna make you feel comfortable in, in that kind of space. On the other side, you have uh, kind of more, you know, a, a, a different kind of form of listening, I guess. And, and there's different ways to describe it. You mentioned conscious listening. It can also be referred to active listening. It can also be referred to deep listening. And this is really based around an intention by the listener to be more conscious, or to be more active, to be more present in terms of listening to the sounds. You know, we 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 we, we we're very good. At processing sonic information as well as performing an activity, whatever that might be, it's cooking or driving or whatever. We're very good at that. And often that's meant that what we listen to and sound becomes this kind of passive thing, which is just, as I said, it's the soundtrack to whatever activity you're doing. And in a way, that's that's, that's great and that's that's totally acceptable. I think, obviously, with the birth of recorded music, that's made it completely you know, easy to do. I mean, if you think before recorded music, you would have to, you know, you probably, we only did active or conscious listening because you would go to a concert and you would, you know, that would be a, a real treat to be able to do that if, if you could, or you would go to, you know, a, a folk music kind of gig or whatever. And, um, and you, you know, you would be actively involved in the process, probably then of making the music. You know, pick up an instrument, etc. So recorded music is—it's really transformed music massively into this largely passive thing. I guess what we're saying with Swell is we're trying to put forward that notion that conscious listening is important. It's important for health, and if you if you're able to find time and space to consciously listen, then you will receive, you know, potential health benefits from that. In the same way that you might gain that from meditation practice um, or another type of holistic therapy. Um, 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 so conscious listening is, you know, is, is a way for us to just say, look, if you if you're able to just pay pay more attention to the sounds and give yourself that space to do that, then you know there's there's potential health benefits to be gained. Now the way that we deliver that through the Swell project is this kind of combination between biophilia you know, understanding that nature sounds, uh, you know, as we talked about before, from an evolutionary perspective, super intrinsic to like all of our beings and something that really grounds us. And we can all feel, feel uh, uh, you know, a relationship to music, the music composition, which is like understanding this whole canon of like how we uh, have managed to create, you know, music through different frequencies, through intervals, through you know ways of performing um, to be able to trigger different uh, emotions and mood states and and feelings um, and actions from from the listener. And then the third part of what we're doing with swell is this kind of like unpacking of sound therapy and the techniques that a sound therapists might use. You know, in particular to trigger you know potentially an altered state of consciousness, but certainly a state of deep deep relaxation. Um and there's a few interesting t- tricks and tools that sound therapists will use that we've tried to then you know bring forward into into the swell sound treatment compositions that we're we're putting forward and we'll work with a range of different um companies on.
0: I think immediately there what I picked up on when I came across this was there's this this concept of the set piece within the context of a healthy building or, or say an office building that's designed for, for occupant well-being. So work it's a workplace wellness concept where you create a space and it's often an unused uh, meeting room, you might get 30, 50 square meters or so, not much more, but you're able to create a recharge room, a quiet room, a meditation space, a restorative area where you're given permission to rest and step away from the work that you're doing. And I think there, that's where what you're doing with Swell can be so useful because you're you're able, in a sense, you're giving the workers in that office space the right and the and you're allowing them that maybe just 20 minutes or so to, to really engage with that space. And I think that leads us into the project that you've done recently around the Siniferous Forest, right? So again, they're a biophilic environment. Can you try and paint that picture for people so they can get a sense of what, what that looks like.
1: Yeah, sure, and uh, absolutely. It's it's a really good manifestation, and it's as a one of the first projects we've done as well. It's a good example of 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 you know what what we're looking to do and the, and the potential of 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 this type of work. Um, I guess Nifras Forest is firstly it's an installation. It's based in Browns, uh, which is a fashion retail store in Central London in Mayfair. They have a, a, what they call the immersive room, um, where they um, have a small space that they do a range of different pop up and partnerships throughout the year um we've currently got the installation live and it will run now it's just been extended by popular demand <laughs> through to the end of 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 april um so if anyone's uh, in london um and want to go and check out it's absolutely free um it's a 15-minute experience in essence it's inspired by 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 two things, one was my experience going forest bathing, so getting out into nature, Shinrin-Yoko's Japanese um, um, practice of forest bathing, and really just trying to like a kind of mindful approach to being in nature, paying attention to all senses, you know, um, and gaining benefits from that. You know, there's plenty of studies now that have been done around how forest bathing will, you know, um, reduce stress levels, reduce anxiety, Um, our cortisol, uh, balance out your NK cells and natural killer cells, etc. So that was all very interesting. And I guess taking what we're talking about with the ambient flow kind of idea where a lot of people don't have access to nature, especially if you're in an urban environment, this was like trying to, you know, bring nature to them by in essence, creating a forest within this retail store. Um, so visually, it's designed kind of like a forest, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, we've got bark on the walls and, 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 and grass on the floor, etc. Um, the other part of the inspiration and the Sniffers Forest name is derived from a concept called the Sniffers Garden, which was coined by R. Murray Schaefer, who's a, a, an ecologist a Canadian, he actually passed away last year. And his whole career was based around documenting the world's soundscape. Um, he wrote a book called The Soundscape and the Tuning of the World. And that really looked at um, the rising noise levels in cities, the potentially detrimental health impacts that that's having. And he really advocated for this cultivation of syniferous gardens in our urban environments or you know, across our, our different spaces that we create. This recovery of what he calls positive silence. And, you know, really creating spaces that are sympathetic to the natural environment, give space for, you know, as a result from mental, spiritual recomposure, etc. you know, renew the life, life's energies, etc. cetera. Um, so he was talking about this in the 70s, you know, and you think when he was writing, I mean, he, you know, he's quite a good sort of um, writer for, for, for nice kind of throwaway lines, but he would say stuff like, you know, we're all destined for universal deafness, if this continues. And we've reached, uh, the soundscape has reached the apex of vulgarity in our times and stuff. So he was talking about this in the 70s and 80s. Um, You know, I don't think we've done much, you know, to counterbalance the rise of noise levels and the impact of sound. And certainly, you know, from a kind of architectural perspective, you know, like the use of, of hard surfaces you know create very reverberant spaces you know really kind of like you know um amplified uh, noise levels so anyway so the siniferous forest was our um yeah our, our sort of project to flip that on its head to create this Ciniferous garden this, this type of safe space where people can go in and we have a biophilic sound so we record you know field recordings recorded in, in local forests around London, and you also have a headphone experience. So we work with Bang & and, and we, we create this sort of spatial audio, 15-minute composition, which in essence resembles a, a sort of sound therapy, sound bath or gong bath, but uses acoustic instruments instead of the, um uh, well, a, a wider range of acoustic instruments, let's say, instead of the traditional instruments, the gong and, and the singing bowl. Uh, the reason for that was, we we experimented using gong recordings, etc., and the feedback that we got was very mixed at best because we felt like you needed the, the the gong player in the room, you needed the instrument in the room, you know, needed this physical object to kind of have that association. Without it, it can be a very dark and ominous and almost scary kind of sound. So our take home from that was actually like, let's let's try and figure out how it's working from a kind of frequency perspective, but you know, recreate that using sounds that maybe feel a little bit more comfortable um, to listeners with just headphones on because headphones, are, you know, especially these noise cancelling headphones that we've been using, you know, very immersive. Um, so you want to make sure that it's, it's, it's triggering the right kind of um, moods and sensations within the listener. So, so yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you can go and you pop your headphones on, consciously listen to the soundtrack and, and hopefully receive some benefits as, as a result.
0: And so similar principles being applied then to things like with the Ishka sound wellness treatments and spas that you were involved in and the forage sounds for, for native in London, right? Is Natives also a Browns?
1: Yes, yeah, two separate brands. And this is a coincidence almost that the two projects came about around about the same time. Um, but yeah, natives um challenge was that they they have this outside space which is beautiful, but unfortunately next door to them they have uh i think it's Claridges. They, they're doing lots of building works right so in the daytime there's lots of noise and it's really really intrusive so we were tasked with creating a soundscape that would try to um mask some of the noise um and actually you mentioned office spaces this is another project we've done with um you know some cool workspaces that, that we work with the office group being one of them you know very similar challenge where the noise levels um, would be very distracting for people trying to work or in native case, distracting for people trying to eat. The lack of sound in the co-work space meant that people were very self-conscious with you know, work conversations, um, meetings, etc., And they would actually uh, take an action to go out to the vestibules or even outside so they can get some privacy to their, their work conversations, which is totally counter what a co-workspace should be all about. Um, so the, the you know, introducing music in a co-workspace in that case, and with native introducing um uh, you know a nature sound, biophilic sound um scape help to kind of like mask these unwanted sounds and make the space a lot more kind of pleasant and functional. Um, and whilst obviously you're not going to get away from you know. The really interest of building site noise—it does actually psychologically have have a really positive impact, and, and that's been the feedback we've received so far. Is it does just it takes you away a little bit from, you know, the the, the building work being the most prominent thing in your kind of audio perception.
0: Awesome. So I feel like we could carry on for quite a while, but I'm going to cap it there. Be respectful of your time. Right, thank you so much. So we've got OpenInMusic.com, you've got AmbientFlow without the W.com. How are people? connecting with swell is, does that have a separate website now or is that running through open air music
1: oh we have a separate website for that now so that's swellstudio.io um just launched so it needs a bit of work but yeah please check it out and if anyone's interested they can get in touch
0: with me um and I'll be delighted to chat awesome man thanks again
1: thank you